of Conspiracy Skeptic. I'm your Conspiracy Skeptic, Carl Maymer, and with me is uh, returning, uh, not Stuart, but uh, Nigel, yes, Nigel St. Whitehall. Uh, <laughs> Nigel, Nigel, you always like to follow Stuart whenever possible, don't you? Uh, it seems to be a pattern, doesn't it? Yes, yes, and uh, and also in the background we have uh, uh, your your lovely wife, Yes, my lovely wife, Lady. Hello. <laughs> she that that's her that's her real voice. She's not using a vocoder or something like that to hide Does it her. Does it sound too high? <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like my voice actually. When I'm, yeah, I'm, try, I'm trying to I'm, I'm trying to sing Roxanne or something like that. Roxanne. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, Nigel. Yeah, Nigel. Uh, now, well, f- first of all, we should we should mention that it's not your real name. This is a pseudonym, correct? It, it's a pseudonym because um, I am in the witness protection program. Exactly. You're... And I try to take down the uh, novella crime family, but failed. <laughs> so uh, I'm in deep hiding. You're one of them. Uh, you're one of them straights. One of them neats. One of them suits, aren't you? Yeah, I I I uh, work for the. Uh, state of pennsylvania as an attorney and it's a slightly sensitive position nothing that exciting but exciting enough yeah exactly yeah you and know. i don't go to the the ends that uh, bug girl does on a uh, skeptic i mean she's way 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 in, like, oh, in some man. bunker someplace i'm not quite that bad right yes yeah but yeah bug girl the uh uh the mysterious bug girl right so i i don't know is it because her state or something like state employees, which she is because she works for a university, yeah, they're really, really constrained in what they're kind of... Yeah, I think she's in Kansas or Nebraska, and they're very constrained. I mean, Pennsylvania isn't nearly that bad, but okay. um, why risk it? Exactly, exactly, yeah. And you're, uh, we, we can say your location, you're in... Oh, lovely Hershey, Pennsylvania. Hershey, Pennsylvania, right? Okay. Chocolate yeah. Town, USA. Right. Okay. So that's not narrowing it down any. Like people are going to feel okay. Some not named Nigel in Hershey, Pennsylvania, and you're not you're not John Stamos either, right? I, I'm not. Okay. We. Well, it's a town of twelve thousand, so I think we're okay. Stamos. <laughs> right. And you're married, right? Yes. I, I am married. Right. And you've recently renovated your kitchen, or is that is that, is that narrowing it down way too much no well you know um no 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 it's it, we've just renovated our kitchen we and when i say we i mean we no but anyway uh lady and i did it all by ourselves with a little bit of help from my dad oh, and okay. uh yeah it took all summer so we yeah. had about six weeks where we didn't have a kitchen sink and if you never if you ever thought about that it, it kind of sucks yeah you have to you have to sort of do all your uh all your like food prep in your bathroom or something, and uh, there's a lot of eating out. Oh, oh, there's a lot of using. I, this sounds gross, but and, and it is kind of gross. But like when we went to fill up our like Brita water pitchers, mm-hmm. you ha- you ha- we had to go to use the bathtub faucet. Ooh, that's so that just I mean it's the same water and it's the same stuff, but it just ugh. ugh. All right. Now, to, re- to refresh our our listeners, you uh, you first came on to do uh, the JFK conspiracy. Yes. Okay. And then, uh, and then you came on to do the uh, 
the the Invincible conspiracy. Was it the Invincible? Yeah, the Invincible. The Invincible, like the HMS. Invincible in the Falklands War. Yes, exactly. Which, which that that's a very popular show, like because it's it was kind of very obscure conspiracy and a part of history that, I mean, probably a lot of our listeners were you know born. As shocking as it seems, born after that even happened, like the Falklands War, but it was sort of a big part of kind of our boyhood. It was like, whoa! You were a lot. No, yeah, you were two. I'm talking to my my, my wife. Really? 1982. Yeah. Yeah, I was two years old. Wow, she considerable younger woman. Yeah, I don't know what she's thinking. <laughs> wow. Well, you see, the, how we just to let you know. Uh, for the conspiracy that we're doing today, mm-hmm. uh, we might need a, an expert on Catholicism, which would be my wife. I'm your Catholic on call for this evening. Wow. God. So we, uh, what, now we, you can't be part of the British aristocracy because you were allowed to marry a Catholic, weren't you? Well, that's why I'm over here. Ooh, right. Kind of an exile, right? A bit like, okay. uh, right. Like what was his name? Uh, King, King, uh, King Edward, who was, uh, who divorced his, you know, or married the divorcee, had to have the kids. Oh, oh was that, it was Edward. Was that Edward to something? Edward the mm. sixth or fifth or something? Yeah, something like that. So he, yeah. yeah, right. He got the south of France. You got Hershey, Pennsylvania. And, 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 <sighs> no, and not only is my wife Catholic, but she's also Irish. So. Ooh. Okay. Irish heritage, which, you know, that's just not good. All right. So, uh, so your, your, your favorite conspiracy this time around... Well, this time around, it is the uh, alleged murder of Pope John Paul. Not the second, just John Paul. Yeah, John Paul I, JP1. Uh, and now for, uh, for our listeners again, uh, when, 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 did he, when did he become Pope? He became Pope in uh, 1978. 1978. And, then, uh, and how long did he last as Pope? What was it? It was like 33 days? Yes, 32 days? No, it was 33, yeah. Which is uh, an odd, uh, oddly symbolic number, though, isn't it? 33 days. Well, yes. Yeah. And, and um, I mean, uh, the one thing I remember about uh, John Paul, because I was six, seven when he uh, became king of the Catholics, and... Um, and just to kind of give you a little background with me, I my mom's side of the family is Catholic as the day is long. And uh, my mother, in fact, went from Catholic kindergarten through nursing school, and my uncle went to all kinds of Catholic institutions, and that side of the family is very, very Catholic. Not in, not in like being the most devout, but they're very typical American Catholics where you know, being a Catholic is very important, then they kind of pick and choose the stuff they like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my dad's side is super wasp Protestant. So, um, but my reason I go to all that is when John Paul became Pope, my great aunt, my aunt Dot, ran out and bought a John Paul calendar. Uh oh. <laughs> and she put it up. And, you know, also, and, and like, you know, when I was a kid, we used to go visiting. They lived a few miles, a fair amount away, but close enough that we used to go a couple of times a month on weekends. And she puts up this calendar and lo and behold, 33 days later, uh, he, he up and dies and that, that calendar is no good anymore. It's like buying the uh, Dexy's Midnight Runner perpetual calendar or something like that. 
Yeah, I, I just remember like, well, and I remember she even like they made some joke about it was you know, but it was just that's what sticks in my brain about John Paul was that you know he had a calendar that went out of date almost immediately. <laughs> that's so sad. Because <laughs> usually those popes they're they're good for a couple decades. Well, you know, you figure you got. I mean, especially he was relatively young. Right, right. So you figure you'd get at least a decade out of the guy, and you know, thirty-three days later, right. they he, kill him. He was the last of the Italian popes, wasn't he? Yeah, because um, obviously uh, JP two um, was Polish. Yeah. Which I also remember when he became pope, that was a very big deal because suddenly uh, my great aunt and my grandmother Mammy, they were both like, our kind is pope now. <laughs> What's the our kind? Well, because uh, my mom's side of the family is uh, Slavic and Polish. Oh, okay. okay. So our kind became Pope, you know? Oh, right, right. Yes, okay. And and then, of course, when uh, B-16 became Pope, uh, uh, Benedict the 16th, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And he's a German. There was some bitterness on my mom's side of the family. Like, ah, the Germans have got to take what the Poles have. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Now, the cool thing about John Paul I is... You know, he was a cool looking dude. Like, like you look at the pictures of this guy, and he was like, oh yeah, he looked very, he looked like a pope. Like, like, like a Kennedy looks like a president. JP one, what was his real name? He had, he had a real name, right? Oh yeah, his real name was Albino Luciani. Albino Luciani, yeah, Albino, yeah. I mean, he looked, he looked like a cool dude. Like, not quite Guido Father or Father Guido Sarducci, but you know, it's like you can hang with this guy. Well, I mean, apparently he was he was the smiling pope, yeah. um, and um, you know he apparently had a pretty good disposition, and uh, people liked him. Mm-hmm. And apparently he became pope pretty quick during the uh, conclave. It was like on the third or fourth vote, and there you go, he was in. Okay. Now, uh, right. So he lasted three three days, which is uh, curiously though he's not the he's not like the. The shortest serving pope. There was one pope, at least one pope. No, I, I, he actually, there were, I mean, oh, I should have looked it up. But there were about three or four others who, who had, um, who were pope for short as like two, three weeks. No, okay. I, I, you know, yeah. Did some of them come to untimely ends? Those. Well, yeah, I mean, when you go back, there's always like um, the one book I was reading. Oh, which one was it? I think it wasn't the Yallop book. It was the other one. Oh, what's his okay. name? Okay. I'm um, blanking out at the second. Oh, Crown- Cornwell's book. He discusses that when he did his research, there are at least half a dozen other popes who were likely poisoned and or killed somehow. Okay. So, so um, it's a bit yeah. of a tradition, you're saying. Well, yeah, going back. Um, right, right, okay. And even, I mean, we can get into this a little bit, although I didn't really do much research on it. But, you know, there's this whole conspiracy that sort of feeds into this one where um, the Pope before Paul VI, for the last eight, ten years of his uh, papacy, um, yeah, he wasn't the actual Pope, but they had a, a stand-in going in for him. Right, right. And, and I mean, it's just, it's, I, I guess it's, uh, it's conspiracy fodder being in the Catholic Church. Right. Right. So you're right. The whole the whole Paul is dead thing. But now, but the right the uh, Pope by Pope Paul the Sixth or something. Uh, this is why John Paul took his name, John yeah. Paul, from Pope Paul. But then the, even the one before him, yeah, John, John yeah. the Twenty Third or something like that. Yeah. So, 
John the Twenty Third's famous for starting Vatican II, which right. you know kind of it was modernized. a whole, whole big way to like kind of modernize the church. And suddenly, at mass, the the priest didn't speak in Latin, facing away from the the from the pews, but he actually faced the everybody, and he was actually speaking the local tongue and all that type of stuff. Right. Yeah. And uh, women, women, gosh, women were allowed to serve in the mass and all kinds of crazy things. Oh yeah, yeah. It, you know, and it was just done. Um, I mean, there's a bunch of things. That were, and it was, it was the 60s, and you had the liberation theology thing going around. And like everything else, you know, the church was in a bit of turmoil during that time. Right, okay, wow. Yeah, so now, and I, I mean, we can, get, we can go back even further that uh, it, it, it seems sort of central to John, or Paul VI, you know, being replaced by a... A, uh, a lookalike, which, which is weird because this one page we're looking at, you know, the lookalike, you know, the, like the whole evidence is, well, look, here's a photo of him, you know, and here's a photo of his replacement. And, you know, they're not the same person. And you look at these pictures and you go, yes, they are. Yeah, it's just an older version. I mean, <laughs> it's an older version. It's the same guy older. Right? Yeah, his nose is longer. Or he doesn't have this birthmark. And you're like... You know, again, it's the the classic like, wow, they've you know they've pulled off this amazing conspiracy, and yet they you know they they forgot something really simple like uh, uh, a you know a prominent birthmark. <laughs> yeah, I, I I mean you know, and it's also I the the uh, conspiracy around Paul the Sixth, and I you know I didn't go that much into it, but apparently Paul the Sixth was known for kind of being a waffler and going back and forth and making in in um, uh, like kind of, uh, decrees that kind of conflicted with each other and that type of okay. stuff. Okay. So of course the reason that it happened was because it it it, it wasn't the same guy. <laughs> yeah, that explains it. All right. So uh, right, I suppose let's jump ahead to the to the meat then. Um, mm-hmm. now so so John Paul the first he was um. Now, now this John Paul the first his his upbringing he he was kind of a poor guy wasn't he he wasn't uh he was his his history before he was actually Pope, he was, he was a very poor man, wasn't he? Yeah, he, he was poor and he kind of, he, he came up the ranks. Um, I mean, I guess if you go, and I'm, I'm not a, a, a church historian by any stretch, but I, I think, especially in earlier times, Popes usually came from some nobility, the Medicis or whoever. Um, but he actually worked his way up. Okay. And um, he, I'm trying to sit there and think, he went from, Let's see. He, and eventually, he got moved up to be. Uh, he was a bishop of a one Italian town, the Vir- oh, I can't say. I, you know, I'm gonna find a conspiracy sometime that has no form of words. Virtero Vento or V I T T O R I O, and right. Veneto, and right. then he was all, then he became patriarch of uh, Venice, which I, I guess was a pretty big deal. Um, but he worked his way up through the church, and um, and uh, even and I think if I'm remembering correctly, um, he even um, apparently was on the uh, quote unquote right side of the church uh, during the uh, Second World War, so that that worked in his favor as well. Okay. Okay. All right. So so that right. So he uh, uh, so he became he became. Uh, John John Paul the first, and uh, and he lasted three three days. Now now the the central conspiracy is what was why did they why did they kill him who who killed him why did they kill him? Well, I mean this is an interesting thing. I mean the, 
I read, I read, actually I didn't read the whole book, I, I gotta confess, but I read portions of and reviews of and other people who were trumpeting the wisdom of a guy named David Yallop who wrote a book in God's name. Okay. And his main thrust of it is, was that um, he was about to basically do a, a, a large uh, turnover in the higher ranks of the church leadership and especially in the... Um, well, what's colloquially known as the uh, the uh, Vatican Church, uh, Vatican Bank, and um, it's called, and that was the I O R, the Institute of Religious Works. Right, right. And um, they, a lot of goofy, corrupt activities were happening there, and that was run by some a a, a, a I think he was a cardinal or a bishop, um, Paul Masinkis, okay. who. Um, Hailed from the same part of Chicago that um, um, Al Capone came from, <laughs> which in, in, in Yab's book he makes a big, a kind of a big deal out of that. Which I'm like, okay, wow. I mean, I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, I guess that means everybody who comes from certain parts of Staten Island are uh, connected, right? Um, now, I was gonna say now, now, now Yallop, he, this author, he's the one who sort of kind of put forward the most popular of the papal murder conspiracy theories uh, and sort of did the most research. And, and he, the interesting thing about him, he's not, he's not like this wide-eyed crazy guy. He's a, like a kind of a legitimate writer, like a legitimate author. He's, right? a, he's a writer, journalist. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what I found, what kind of blew me away is he actually helped uh, write Graham Chapman, the, the, the Monty Python guy, the guy who died. He, Co-authored his is called his liar's autobiography. Um, oh, that's for, right. I remember. Yeah. yeah, which which is simply one of the best books I have ever written. Liars or ever written, ever read. Liar's autobiography. I, it, it's either it's still in print. It goes in and out of print all the time. But if you can ever in like you know, uh, um, you know use bookstore or something, find a copy of Grant Chapman's autobiography. Like just buy it. Just get a hold of it, because it, and and read it, because it's a it's just it's an amazing kind of history of Monty Python and uh, like a, you know their time before they become Monty Python and Graham Chapman's life and stuff like that. Just totally, totally fascinating, right? But well, let's go down a rabbit hole. But yeah, but no, but Graham Chapman, if I, I mean, he was a he was a tragic figure though, mm-hmm. um, because he was homosexual and in, in England in the sixties and seventies that wasn't such a, a good thing to be, right. and he was an alcoholic and. Yeah, a raging alcoholic. And, yeah. and he was a medical doctor as well, which is a lot of people don't even probably don't know too much about Graham Chapman. He was he he went to medical school and he became a qualified doctor and he was in like some big <clears throat> book, you know, of like doctors in England. And he could he could walk into drugstores and get medicine and and uh, which came really was really helpful when they were filming Monty Python, like on loca- different locations. It, crew members got sick he was could just go get them meds and stuff and uh but uh right yeah but but right he was he was sort of gay in an unpopular time you know when he wasn't really popular and yeah and um i mean he was a, he was i mean i a couple oh gosh we were really off the, the edge here no about a year ago i saw this documentary and on um, python it was this three or four part thing and it would i never really realized that graham was you know, I mean, it just seemed that he was just, you know, a miserable person. <laughs> Genius, but miserable because he was just constantly drunk and, you know. Yeah. I mean, it was um, it was almost painful to watch. 
Right. Okay. All right. But anyway. So yeah. All right. Come back to yeah. Come back to Yalop. Okay. So so. I just kind of wanted to establish it. Yollop, yeah. he's not he's not this wild-eyed crazy guy. I think I think Yollop kind of he started with a provocative conclusion and worked backwards. Um, yeah, I kind of get that feeling as well. Yeah. Um, and also, and I also get the idea that he took some of the initial news reports that came out, mm-hmm. um, which were you know like most initial news reports are usually mostly wrong, but he kind of grasped a hold of those with both hands and never let go. Right. As if, if they're like the immutable truth or, you know, the official truth of, like, you know, the, the Vatican or something like that. Right, right. So, I mean, we saw that with like kind of 9-11, like, you know, where, you know, the BBC reporters reporting the one building at World Trade Center 7 as having collapsed when it had yet to collapse. And, and instead of sort of just attributing that to someone's misspeaking, and the, yeah, I mean, it's an awfully confusing day uh, as, you know, a pope who dies 33 days into his reign. It's got to be a pretty confusing day, you know, that, uh, uh, you know, it's like, oh, well, they, this person was just just off script, you know, <laughs> like this is the script. Yeah. Had to yeah. And I, I, one quick, 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 quick diversion <laughs> on nine 11, I was watching, listening to coast to coast AM uh, somewhere in time. And they were replaying the coast to coast from nine 11. Mm-hmm. And what's amazing from that very first day, people were calling in with goofy conspiracy theories already. Oh yeah, for sure. And, and I was like, I, I wow, that's just, <laughs> I mean, and look, granted, at the time they were saying, oh, there's probably 10,000 dead, which fortunately there were, you know, I say this, only 3,000 killed. But I mean, that, I remember that day. But even on that first day, people were calling up saying that building fell, flew, that fell down too fast and all sorts of terrible stuff. Right, okay. Um, but so, yeah, so, I, I, I think Yallop just took those initial reports and instead of thinking, oh, they were mistaken – I get the idea that he grabbed those reports and then tried to figure out why everybody else didn't fall into line with them. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so now it, uh, it strikes me that the, that the whole the whole sort of murder conspiracy thing is predicated on one, you know, uh, anomalies like um, uh, you know trying trying to make sort of initial reports jive with with you know later reports when people have sort of calmed down and and as well you know it's like okay uh well now why would somebody want to murder the pope must be like the pope wanted to he wanted to sort of divest the vatican of its massive holdings and clean up things at the bank and stuff like that right well i mean there there's the bank end of it where he wanted to clean up the bank and and the bank the vatican bank and, or the, I mean, Institu- yeah, the Institute of Religious Works, which, yeah, which the yeah, religious works made some got himself in with some a questionable crowd, right? Yes, um, and um, I mean that that's part of the reason. But then there's this whole other thing that Elab kind of goes off on, and it's not only was he going to clean up the bank, but at the same time he was going to either on one hand. Go back to before Vatican II and conservatize the church again, which some people didn't want. But there was also this other angle that Yacht brings up, which is completely contradictory, which is that JP the one was about to sit there and like very make very make a I guess a uh, ruling or whatever. I, what would you call it? It's not a ruling. It's not court. Whatever. He was going to something or. He, he was going to uh, basically liberalize uh, contraceptives for women. 
Right. Kind of give, so there's give, give the papal nod to the to the pill. Yeah, well, or at least something other than the uh, rhythm method. Um, <laughs> Which was how. Why do I feel? Was... Sounds so dirty saying that. <laughs> well, that's how his my brother was conceived. We, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, so anyway, so but um, that was. Um, you know, so there, there's, a, there's like a whole strain of things going on. It might help to just set the stage about how how he was found. Sure. Okay. Right. Yeah. Which which works a lot into the kind of the the conspiracy, right? But yeah, I, I mean, I, not to go into too many details, but um, you know, the day before the the Pope uh, apparently complained a number of times of having some sort of chest pain. There's contradiction dictions out there about <laughs> how severe it was. Um, into what what level and apparently the pope had a history of taking um certain um heart medications okay. um and also uh he had uh swelling of his lower legs which kind of feeds into some other things that might come up so i mean he wasn't i mean it's one of these things where i guess to, if you just looked at him you think he's in really good shape but he had some some underlying medical problems okay um and that day, he didn't see a doctor. He didn't do anything. He said, no, 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 I'm fine. He did his Pope work. Um, and apparently, he had some sort of meeting with the Secretary of State, a Cardinal Velo. Is that how you'd say? V-I-L-L-O-T? Mr. Half-French-Canadian? <laughs> sure, v- Velo. Okay, sounds good. Because, of course, I'd say Villa, but, you know, no, yeah, don't I'm an American like down here, so yeah. I say don't, these things. Don't pronounce the last consonant in French, usually. Okay. Yeah. So, Velo, um, he had a meeting with him, and there's, there's contradictions about whether, whether it was contentious or not. And then he had a simple meal, because, you know, all popes have simple meals. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he went to bed, like, you know, like 9, 10 at night, and he was... Well, I mean, this, and he then in, he goes to bed, and apparently all night long, his, uh, I guess his nightstand light was on all night. And um, in the morning, at around 4.30 in the morning, I guess there was a, a, a nun. Um, oh, Sister, what was her name? Oh, it's like Sister Vincentia or something like that. She was like the Mother Superior. And she used to always leave out coffee in front of the papal chambers at like quarter of four thirty, quarter of five, and um, she comes back allegedly. Well, this I'll, I'll I'll give the one story of it. Then there's another version. Okay. And she comes back like about a half an hour later, like oh he hasn't gotten his coffee off the the little cart, and so she doesn't think anything of it for a little while more, and then she pokes her head in, and. It appears that she is the first one that says, the Pope's dead. Right. And then she runs and gets the Pope's secretary, a, a Father John McGee, and he's the first person who goes in and um, finds the Pope, like, apparently sitting up in bed with papers in his hands, as if he's reading it, just dead. Right, okay. Um, and then they get uh, another guy, Dr. Father Lorenzi, and he's another uh, um, uh, secretary. And you know they 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 lay him out on the bed, and you know that's how he's found dead. And then um, later on, they call the um, oh what was the name? There's a there's a brothers who did the um, funeral work and the mortuary work, okay. and they're called in later that day. 
there's a whole rigmarole about that. But ultimately, the Pope never had an autopsy. Um, and uh, the papal doctor basically said mm, it was a heart attack. Okay. All right. Now, now, the whole not have an autopsy, there's, a, there's kind of a big thing about that. Like, well, you know, shouldn't they have an autopsy? Or does the Catholic Church allow autopsies? Or can popes be autopsied? Like, what's, what, what, what's the deal behind Popes and uh, yeah. well, I could gather some some popes did and some popes didn't. Okay. Um, and one thing that's feeding into this, I, from what I could gather, what was feeding into some of this was that the previous pope, when he died, Paul the sixth. Okay. He died in summer, and you know, I they lay the the pope out in state, or whatever it's called. Um, they they lay him out, and apparently near the end of this whole thing. The uh, <clears throat> Pope began to kind of smell, <laughs> and so they were kind of, you know, that, that Pope had just died, so they kind of was kind of fresh in the memory. So there, there seemed to be a rush just to kind of, you know, get the preservatives in him as quickly as they could okay. to uh, prevent the same thing happening, because this was still in September in Rome, which is still pretty warm. I would imagine so, yes. And so they still had to go through everything they just went through, so they they just kind of rushed it through, and, um, you know, they just kind of went off what the doctor said, that it looks like a heart attack. Right, okay. Okay, yeah. I mean, right, you might not, I mean... The Pope dies, he may not be thinking quite clearly, and the doctor says, well, it's probably a heart attack, and you're like, we don't want this guy to stink, so let's, you know, let's get this done quickly, right? Yeah, and, um, yeah, but, you know, of course, the second that you do that, you know, the, Yallop has this whole bit about the reason they wanted to, they, well, Yallop in his timeline has the morticians called in before he's even officially found dead. Um, so it's like they called him morticians at five, but he wasn't found dead till five thirty. How can that be? Really? Yeah. Of course, when you talk to the morticians, they're like, ah, ah, ah. we weren't called to later that morning. Oh, okay. Um, you know, but but you know, he kind of forgets all that. Right. Yes. Um, and also, there the um, one of the things that Yallop kind of grasped a hold of is that when the initial announcement came out on Vatican Radio, this thing called, I guess it's the ANSA. Okay. Their new service, they kind of screwed up some of the timeline in the initial announcement. All right. Um, and 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 they 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 screwed up that when I guess the the Father McGee or Velo or somebody told them initially that oh yeah by the way he was found at you know four thirty or five o'clock and that's when it went out. And then later on they said no actually that's wrong. He was actually found at five thirty. But of course you know Yallop says no 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 they they found him earlier. Um, but clearly if you just kind of go through what the, the Pope's normal daily timeline is and everything else, it's kind of easy to see where they kind of screwed that up. But y'all kind of grasp a hold of that initial announcement and says, no, that's when he was found and ran with it. All right. Okay. Sorry. Now, now coming back to the whole banker thing. Now this, this yeah. is, now this is kind of interesting because the Vatican bank did get involved in a big banking scandal, right? In the in the early eighties. Oh yeah, uh, they were in a, a big banking scandal. Um, lots of corrupt funds running around, um, and uh, there was a this. Uh, I think it was Cardinal Paul Masinkis who was in charge of the 
of the Vatican Bank, got involved in some activities with a guy named Calvi, K-A-L-V-I. Right, yeah. Roberto, Roberto yeah. Calvi. And he was kind of a known person of questionable um, background. Mm-hmm. Um, and also he was, I believe he was a member of this, like this Masonic group. Um, and of course, you know, the Masons are everywhere. Right. Um, and P, Masonic, P, P2. The P2. And yes. he was, in, and there was this long list of like members of P2 and he was one of them. And ultimately, in the early 80s, when it looks like he was going to go down or he was going to squeal, he was found in, I don't know if it was London. It was, yeah, it was London, Bridgen, yeah. Yeah, Lon- yeah, London on a bridge, London Bridge. Black Blackfriars Bridge. Uh, Black, yeah. Also a subway and, station, but. Uh, dead. Yeah. And it, it was one of these things where it was called a suicide, but it also could have been a uh, slightly ritualistic uh, killing, sending a signal. Blackfriars, you know. Kind yeah. Of, that might say um, something right. So that, that, that feeds into the whole thing where, you know, uh, Masonic tendencies, groups, P2, whatever, had all infiltrated the Catholic Church. Okay. And by God, they weren't going down. <laughs> um, right. And, and another, oh, okay. Yeah. And another thing like that feeds into this is, you know, what was the Pope holding in his hands when he died? And um, at one point, the Vatican Radio said that he was holding the book Imitation of Christ in his hands. And then it later came out that no, 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 it was just some, he was um, doing some research for a sermon he was going to be doing. But then other people were convinced, of course, that it was a list of cardinals and bishops who were going to go. <laughs> so it could be either side of that, that, that more prosaic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, they got him right when he was looking at these, these guys that got to go. Um, and, um, uh, yeah. So, you know, and, and also, I guess I, I skipped over this, that the way he was killed, obviously, was uh, allegedly with um, uh, digitalis overdose. OK. So it's a, is that a heart drug? That's a, yeah, it's a heart medication. OK. No, no, no. no. JP1, he, he was taking like medication for his heart and stuff like that, right? He was. Um, but according to I think it was his sister, when he became pope, he stopped taking that medication for whatever reason. Um, so the medication that they allegedly laced or overdosed him with, um, it, he, there was nothing to lace or overdose. It wasn't the right type of medication or whatever. So, but you know, he was taking some type of, uh, I think it was a blood thinner. Okay. Um, I think it was taking Coumadin. Don't quote me on that, right. which is rat poison, which is what they give people to thin your blood. So you don't have, uh. Uh, deep vein thrombosis and throw a pulmonary embolism and that type of thing. All right. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I, um, I forget where I was at, Paul. Uh, yeah, I'll call you Paul. Call, why would you call me Paul now? That's very, I, don't, I, I should John call you Paul. Okay. <laughs> right. We're talking about uh, what he had in his hands. Oh, yeah. Um, so... The, the, the whole thing is apparently, obviously, he's Pope. So Papa, it's not unlikely that uh, one of his favorite books was Imitation of Christ, which apparently he always kept on his nightstand. So that probably got that crossed in. But okay. Yallop, of course, says, no, he had a list of all the cardinals and bishops he was going to clean out. And when they said the Imitation of Christ thing, that was an obvious, like, you know, cover story. And, you know, obviously, I think it's easy to uh, 
sit there and uh, get your wires crossed with the news and say he always kept imitation of Christ next to his bed. And that turns into that's what he had in his hands when he died. Okay. Okay. What, what, um, and, and there's a big thing too made about you know he the whole he was sitting up in bed. Like what's what's the what was kind of the significance of that? Because everyone always mentions that he and he was sitting up. Well, I mean, they make it sound as if like if you 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 can't like suddenly have a um, you just don't die and just sit up like you you do something you hit the panic and they, apparently the guy had a there was a I don't know if it's called a panic button but he he had a button to call his minions if he needed them in the middle of the night. And they said that, you know, if he had a heart attack, he would have hit that button and, you know, done something. Right. But by sitting up that they think that's, uh, obvious tell that it was just made up. Um, and also now to make it a little more complex, um, there was another author named Cornwell who, uh, somewhat unofficially, at least according to Cornwell, was brought in to write a book to counter Yalb's book. <laughs> and, of course, you know, that didn't go if, – if, if true, um, you know, Cornwell has his own spin on what happened. And Cornwell paints J.P. the first as pretty much an idiot. Oh, really? A, a nice, well-meaning guy, but way in over his head, literally every day telling people, I just want God to take me. Um, and his theory is, is that he was having heart problems or chest pains or, uh, some kind of chest pain the whole previous day, but effectively nobody really cared enough to help the guy. After all, he wanted to die anyway. And, you know, and when they came in to, uh, check on the Pope in the morning, he wasn't found dead in bed, but he was found, uh, on the floor next to the bed. All right. And they, they didn't want it to be seen that, oh, here's the poor Pope dropping dead next to his bed. That looks really bad. So then they picked him up and stuck him in the bed and tried to make it look good. Right. Now, now I write coming about uh, John Paul I being a bit of an yeah. idiot. I, mean, I, I guess, I, you know, it's like, kind of like when, they, when they're looking for, you know, someone who's going to be uh, on the Supreme Court. They, they go through, you know, what, all the rulings and stuff like that and, and, and try to, you know, deduce what kind of, uh, you know, what kind of uh, justice the person will be. I, I guess when, when they're trying to elect a pope, they, they kind of look at, well, the, the cardinal, like his, his, his writings and, and John Paul I, he, he wasn't a particularly uh, distinguished, like, like scholar, like, like he wrote some interesting things, but, but I mean, compared to, let's say, um, the, the, like the current, the current, the current Pope, um, what's his name? Gregory, the, what's the current Pope's name? I'm such a lapsed Catholic. It's awesome. Oh, I mean, what, Benedict XVI? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that, that, you know, that dude's all over, you know. Well, I mean, he was, uh, <clears throat> I, I, but, you know, with the current pope, you can really step on some landmines. Um, I mean, he was kind of the uh, the uh, the keeper of the uh, the rule book, so to speak. I mean, you stepped right. out of line. The um, Ratzinger, that was his name. Yes, yes. He he was a good... <laughs> not Palpatine. <laughs> no, 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 not Palpatine. He was uh, he was pope. I think was it Munich? Or Bishop of Munich. Okay. Um, anyway, and, and he was the, you know, he, he was the one who kept everybody in line and, um, he, he wrote very forcefully towing a very conservative line. And then, you know, when he, be, the current Pope became Pope and I, 
I am not an expert in this, but apparently it wasn't a big surprise because, I mean, he's one of the uh, standouts, so to speak. Okay. Um, and uh, but the, the but uh, JP the first, I mean, he wrote some stuff, but it wasn't anything that was apparently very renowned. And um, if anything, part of the reason the whole the contraceptive thing came up was I during the time period of um, the '60s and the Vatican II, he wrote some stuff that was kind of pro. Let's loosen this contraceptive stuff up. But then when the church kind of came down on we're going to keep things more or less as they are, then he wrote some stuff saying, "Oh, okay," and then he he towed the line. So it's not like he was a uh, what's what I'm looking for. Uh, you know, cutting edge or visionary or something like that. Right. Now, um, Pope Pope Benedict Ratzinger Palpatine. He uh, remember when he when he first became Pope. He, you know, I hope la- I hope Lady 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 Whitehall isn't being offended by any of this. I don't know. If no, she's, she's in the other room actually watching a Steeler game. Everyone's okay. talking to her, cursing and or cheering. So, <laughs> Steel. That's 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 football. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, American football. American football. Okay, Pitts, Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. All right. Is there a Philadelphia team? Uh, the Eagles. Really? Okay. Yes. Wow. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> Philadelphia. You call them the Eagles. The Eagles. Okay. The Eagles. All right. All right. Well, uh, we are we are a Steeler family, and we go see them usually once a year. Religiously. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I've always been a Steeler fan. I, I've always been a Steeler fan, but my wife is an absolute, uh, diehard, diehard Steeler. (laughs) And it it gets a little scary sometimes. So, so Pope, uh, Palpatine, he, uh, he, uh, like, like there, there, there was a little bit of a fear when he initially became Pope that, that he was going to sort of go the, uh, that sort of the intelligent design way that he was, he had sort of organized a little conference and he was wanted to take a look at this ID stuff and, and which, uh, you know, it's, it's scared a lot of people, but it's like, okay, maybe the Pope does want us to sort of go, okay, is there any, what is this ID stuff? What, is there anything to it? But, Rather quickly realized, oh, this is this is crap. You know, this is not this is not science. This is not jiving with anything we would look like. Well, yeah, we, because um, John Paul II actually more or less came out fairly strongly and said, yes, evolution is the way to go. And exactly, you know, yeah, God nudged things, but no, no, evolution is what happened. Um, which you know, isn't that bad. Right. Um, yeah, but I, I remember it was like right after he became pope, there was a. A flurry of blog posts going around. I remember. Yeah, what the hell is he doing? But I, I would just suggest that if if uh, Pope Palpatine, if he had died three three days into his, uh, you know, into his reign, people might go, well, you know, the evolutionists bumped him off because he was going to pronounce, uh, you know, ID as the you know the cornerstone of the church or something like that, right? You know, just oh, just, yeah, yeah. just just because the uh, just because the Pope is like, well, it's. It's it's still the seventies. I mean, you know, Jimmy Carter was like president and crap. So it's like, uh, <laughs> you know, Alan Alda, Phil Donahue, right? This this was the time. People don't even remember. They don't even appreciate it. But um, <laughs> e- e- equal rights amendment, right? Like this was. Well, that went down here. I, okay, yeah, but I'm just saying that it was yeah. still. It was that was the culture. Like you could get away with this stuff, and and and. Uh, 
Uh, but, um, right. So, so, right. So just, just because maybe he's like, okay, well, let's take a look at this contraception thing, you know, and then, and then he dies. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean that he would have gone through and, it. And, you know, I, from what little I could, you know, and I'm not a, you know, scholar or anything like that, but I, I just, you know, John Paul the first just didn't seem to the guy who was going to shake the tree too hard one way or the other. No, no. I could be completely wrong, but you never know, and we're never going to know. But exactly. you know, people feed into it what what they want. Right. And if you remember too, I mean, remember when uh, uh, George Bush, uh, you know, George Bush two, he he became president shortly into his uh, his reign. He uh, remember he nearly choked to death on a pretzel. That's right. During the football, during the Super Bowl. Yeah. Now, now imagine if he had actually died, right? Had <laughs> choked to death. I mean, what would have been the, you know, what would have been the conspiracy? What would have gone down? You know, I, and there would have been confusion coming out, and and you know, do we do we make it look like the most powerful man in the world just was waylaid by a pretzel? You know, like well, there, there's that issue, and there's, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, how do you? I mean, that's one of those amazing things that, and I don't want to get too political, but George W. ran on a, a, a platform in 2000, which was very non-interventionalist around the world. Oops. But, um, I mean, it's one of those things that if you were to take in that in a straight line, um, you, you would have thought, well, if George Bush would have lived, we wouldn't have been in two different wars and all these other different things. And, right. Yes. 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 Exactly. Well, I guess it didn't work out that way. No, um, no, yeah. Now, now the whole, the whole, coming back to that whole Vatican Bank thing and and Calvi and stuff. That, uh, that, like, like the Vatican. I mean, there to me, it seems that there is sort of a legitimate conspiracy in what was going on at the Vatican Bank. That 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 the uh, you know that people were using the Vatican Bank or resources to kind of launder cash and stuff like that, right? Like, yeah, there was. I mean, I'm going to be. Honest, I didn't go too deeply into it, but there was definitely, definitely some untoward stuff going on right, yes. and the Vatican bank. I mean, it wasn't just like, you know, a local bank where, you know, I don't know, they're, they're paying checks out to the local priest in the Vatican. I mean, it was a huge, huge operation. Right. Yes. Yeah. Run basically kind of by the Italian mafia, which was kind of, uh, part of this Masonic P2 thing, like, like, which had been sort of like, they had been stripped of their, their credentials by the, you know, by the Masonic Commission. Yeah, they, right. they, they were not, they were out, they were rogue. They gone rogue. Exactly, yeah. And, and, and so, yeah, so there, the Slipajic lit it some, that's where I think the more fascinating story is, you know, kind of how the, you know, how the, the Vatican Bank was sort of used and abused by, by money laundering. And, and, you know, there's some people that were take, you know, were were innocent and taken advantage of, and some people just sort of turned a blind eye. I mean, the, the Catholic Church has a very long history of, you know, kind of ends justifying the means. Yeah, and and Marcinkus actually at one point was, I'm going to post this, but he was actually there was an, a warrant out for him at one point. Yes, yes. Believe right. in the states. The FBI wanted to talk to him. Yeah, and then that kind of went away. Well, because I think I think because he was able to declare a diplomatic immunity, right? Because he was sort of a uh, you know kind of like a, a representative of the the Vatican government and stuff. Which which, which it, you know when all those people were sort of like, oh, let's arrest the Pope for child abuse or something. Oh, like in that. England a few years ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, well, you know, if the head of the Vatican 
bank can you know has, there's this precedent that you know he is has this diplomatic community i'm pretty sure the pope's gonna have diplomatic community too yeah yeah um yeah <laughs> if you can arrest the pope good luck yeah don't, don't even waste your time but however, however much it might be sort of fun to see the pope up on up in the docket you know but yeah so uh right right so yeah there's a very fascinating whole story there but just just because there's this shenanigans going on, you know. It can be it can be purely coincidence that this that this one pope does die. It, he dies 33 days, a Masonic number, you know, if there ever yes. was one. Ooh. But yeah, he dies 33 days in, um, yeah. and um, you know, I mean, just one of those things that it, it just. It, look, I, I'll be honest. When I when I first uh, and I ran across this story, just kind of surfing wiki. Mm-hmm. Because that's what we do. Um, <laughs> and I remember I saw this. I'm like, wow, I, I didn't know this. And I sent it to you, and you said, we got to do this real soon. And a year and a half later, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, I mean, I mean, the first time I heard about the, the JP1 conspiracy was uh, I was in high school, I think grade 13, which we, we had a grade 13 in Ontario. And uh, it kind really? of. Yeah, well, like what your concept of like a prelim year in university—that's our grade thirteen. Basically. Oh, okay. But yeah, you don't sort of advance. You're still in high school. But so grade thirteen, uh, we were having our—I played on like a high school quiz show, and, and uh, we were having our end of the season celebratory dinner, and our I went to Catholic school, and our our. our chaplain was there and and uh the guy who sort of kind of coached their team jack jack Ramary, who is now a lawyer he uh he he sort of mentioned uh oh you know i i bought this book he read or he had saw about you know what john paul the first was murdered and 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 the poor chaplain who was like the spitting image of father mulcahy <laughs> was just like totally like uh, like he didn't really know what to say, you know. He's sort of like, I don't think that the Holy Mother Church would murder a pope, you know. And he was he was naturally skeptical, but but I mean, in in 1984, you know, people are not quite equipped to deal with conspiracies and how to sort of like step back and go, like, okay. Just a moment. I'm going to call Doctor Novella first of all. Second of all, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah that, you know it's amazing if you think about it. Back then, you just couldn't do what what I you know I did, which is mm-hmm. you get on you know your your browser and you go. Mm-hmm. Um, the days of the rolling stacks and going through all sorts of um, books to try to find articles. I mean, I, I've right. done that in my yeah. dark, deep dark past, but that's how I used to do it. Now, there's there's a whole other freaky layer too about like, uh, like the third secret of Fatima, where it's pretty much like the the Paul the Paul VI thing involved the third secret. the The actual assassination assassination attempt on John Paul II, the 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 guy who the trigger man, um, uh, he he on during his trial, he's he's like he's like, Well I, I need the third secret of Fatima to be revealed to really properly defend myself and <laughs> Yeah. It was all it was completely whack. And and even John and a lot of people don't even know John Paul the Second was actually he had a, there was a second assassination attempt on him uh, by when he was actually visiting the Fatima shrine in Portugal. Some some like 
bizarro priest like attacked him with a bayonet and, and there's some controversy did he did he actually injure the pope or did he he came very close yeah i, I remember that i i think he he got you know very close yeah he got very close he now, lunged yeah yeah now that guy that guy was part of this was the pious the society of uh saint pius or something this is going back. Remember uh, Pope Palpatine? He remember he he reinstated all those bishops, and one of the guys was a Holocaust denier. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Now they were they were all they were all. Uh, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, You're you kicked out of the church. Uh, oh, excommunicated. Ex- yeah, they were all excommunicated because they were bishops, and they went and and uh, sort of ordained other bishops without being or other priests without sort of direct papal assent or, or, or permission. So that was automatic excommunication. And those guys sort of went off on their own. And then and then uh, uh, Pope Palpatine, he tried to bring them back into the fold. And there was the whole stink about them being, uh, you know, uh, Holocaust deniers. And But they're all, they're, they too are also big into the whole Fatima thing. And, and the thing with Fatima is that um, you know, one of the secrets was about, oh, you know, unless Russia is consecrated to the world, the, you know, Russia's going to spread her error through the ways. So, so anybody who's anti-communist, yes. they totally lock onto the whole Fatima thing. It's like, this is the whole anti-communist, you know, this is, Mary wants us to build those nuclear submarines <laughs> to fight the communists. <laughs> You know, it's just, just like, wait, wouldn't Mary want you to spend all that money on children or something? I don't know. No, no, no. She wanted Ohio-class submarines out the, the wazoo. Yo, fucking A. I mean, I, I have literally seen, like, like some of these priests basically arguing that. Like, why are we not building Ohio-class nuclear submarines at the same rate anymore? Don't you know about Fatima? Like, that's the connection they make. And, yeah. and well, the thing is that, you know, it, it's a shame because the, the – the church in general is actually fairly difficult to give credence to most um, alleged miracles. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yes, exactly. They, they really, they try not to, like, slip up. But Fatima, my God. <laughs> I mean, you know, and one of the most ridiculous things that, that they, they said, to, no, no, this one, this one looks pretty good. <laughs> I've never, I've never understood it because the church in general um, – and that's how you can tell I have a, a, a somewhat Catholic background because mm-hmm. you see the church. There's only one church. Yes, exactly. The one universal church. Exactly. Um, they, they, they just, you know, I think, and actually I think it was, was it, was it John Paul II? I think it was John Paul II who is the one who, like, whatever it was, he moved it up another notch. Like, rather than trying, well, maybe this didn't work out. He even, like, gave it more credence than it, than it had before then. Yes, yes. Um, so, you know, that, that, that uh, you know, oh, well, I yeah. never understood that one. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, he, because he was, um, was, what was I going to say? Um, right, because he, he, he claimed a third secret. Like, they eventually revealed the third secret, and, uh, which is, it just sounded stupid. It was like some pope, and he's crying, and people are shooting with arrows, and, the end and, yeah. and and right and then he and then John Paul II sort of said, "Aha! See this third secret that was about the my assassination attempt and and, the, and you know the hand of Mary just moved that bullet, you know instead of like <laughs> killing me, just she sent it right down my colon." <laughs> so 
You know, the hand of Mary can do that. Maybe she could just like deflect the bullet completely. Exactly. Just sorry, send it sailing across the you know the, the you know the, the the Vatican and you know into the you know into the head of a, a man about to hit his wife or something like that. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'll just send it straight down the Pope's colon. You know, it's like. I mean, yeah, that, that's yeah. Well, we we could go into miracle stories till whenever, but you know, but um, yeah, I, you know, the, the Catholic Church is is a is an an odd, odd duck in the modern world. Exactly, it's it's um, it's, it's it's the elephant, you know. Depending where you kind of feel it, it's it's something different, right? Well, I mean, you know, it is a little bit different in different places in the world and all that. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's weird that, you know, when I think Catholic, I think of how American Catholics act. But then you see, you know, there's like uh, every once in a while you see a news thing where they did a worldwide poll of Catholics around the world. And it turns out 85 percent of the Catholics in the world have they do not want to see women become priests. Right. You look like who are these people? But it's, you know, most Catholics don't live in the United States or Canada. They live, you know. South America, Africa. Yeah, South America, Africa, uh, South Vietnam, that type of thing. Exactly. Or rather, the, the Catholic Church has recently gotten rid of the whole um, – not, not, not limbo, the whole limbo idea. That, that, oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, um, oh, there was a – what was that? Um, yeah, limbo is where uh, babies are born, yeah. but they're not baptized yet. They die. Yeah. So where do they go? They go to limbo. Yes. Yeah. So it was, but in the whole thing was like, it's like, well, you know, because so many babies are dying of AIDS in Africa that 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 you know you're saying, well, your baby actually didn't really go to heaven. He kind of went to limbo. And then this this you know this charismatic you know minister over here is going, join my church and your baby's in heaven. He's with Jesus. You know. So yeah. so, so they had to kind of get rid of limbo. <laughs> To kind of compete with uh, with the uh, with the evangelicals kind of moving into Africa. But that reminds me of just a really quick story. My uncle recently sent my mother like a packet of information that he found, and one of the things I was going through it, which is in 1953, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, you, you would give money to help take care of poor kids around the world, except the fund was called something like, you know. My mother was giving money to the Heathen Baby Funders, <laughs> and I'm like, "Wow, they called that the Heathen Baby Fund." She's like, "Oh yeah, you used to have like you know, give money to the Heathen Baby Fund, and if you didn't, you know, mother would come and whack you with a thing, and you're like, all right." All right. <laughs> now, now in my, I mean, I remember my uh, my uh, like my aunts and uncles where they were talking about their Catholic education that you know that they were they were kind of told like. Um, you like you're lucky to be Catholic because you know better. You know you like you 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 can go to hell, but those those Protestants they don't know any better, and God's going to be merciful to them and let them into heaven. But you're so lucky you're Catholic. And then by the time I got to Catholic school, they didn't really kind of like stack it up. You know, Catholic versus Protestants, or as we would call them, the prods. The prods. The the dirty prods. Yes, but um, the. Uh, I remember when I took a world religion course, like you had to take a world religion course. I think it was grade 11. We had a grade 11 too. And uh, Did you go to a private school or is this public school? Uh, in Ontario, it's like, it's like, 
public-private. Uh, Ontario actually does fund Catholic education. It's it's a quirk of our constitution, basically. It's like uh, it's like when Canada says, "Okay, we we want Ontario," you know, in the in the constitution. What do you Ontario people want? And Ontario's like, well. We need the French people in Ontario to join up, so we'll promise them their Catholic education, okay. paid by the state, kind of thing. So, so the the, the Canadian Constitution's a bit of a kludge. So, it's kind of all the provinces get in their own little their own little thing. So, right. So, so there's public religious education in Canada, uh, but only for Catholics. Oh Jew, really? Yeah, Jews, Protestants, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> you're not Catholic. Sorry. Yeah. And and <laughs> intellectually, I'm like, yeah, I don't see why our tax dollars should be going to pay for religious education. But then part of me is like, I really like Catholic school. I had a good time. I didn't believe in any of the crap. But damn it, I love the cardigan. You know. Well, you know, I'm. In, in in the states, obviously you there's a separation of church and state, and yes, I know it's not written that way in the constitution, but it's there. Okay, yeah. um, you're a lawyer, I trust you. Yeah, no, well, it, it's it's you know, it's shorthand. You know, I'm not going to say, well, you, there's no establishment and there's free exercise thereof, and blah 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 blah. Let's, it's it's there anyway. Um, but oddly enough, that you have the in order to get all private school kids in a school district to their schools, they travel on public school buses so when i went to school you know we'd be standing at the corner the the public school kids and then the other side of the corner there'd be the the bus coming to pick up the uh the catholic kids and um we stuck out they stuck out like sore thumbs because they wore like nifty little uniforms and um well there you go oh i did it did it cut out no, 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 I'm here. Okay, I thought it cut out. That's why I stopped. No, but they used to wear these the, the nifty little Catholic school uniforms, which get burned into your brain forever. But that's a different story. Um, but I was, I was going to say that when world religions, you know, or world religion class, the first day of world religion class, it taught by a nun, a, uh, a Polish nun even. And when we had a Polish pope, so, you know, she's like, she's like, you know, I'm with the guy, me and him. And uh, and her line was uh, she's she's like you know what uh, all the religions in here the Catholic Church pretty much thinks anybody who believes these religions they'll go to heaven anyway so don't worry about it it's not it's not you know you're Catholic that's what you got to be but you know these Hindus and these Muslims and these Protestants you know they're good as long as they're good people they'll go to heaven God will find a way to get them to heaven don't you worry there's truth and salvation in all world religions that's the Catholic Church's position so don't be freaked out you know? and I'm like well that's pretty enlightened you know? wow because I, I don't think that's uh, I don't think all Catholic uh, nuns and or priests uh, would toe that same line Maybe not, but yeah, like I say, th- things are pretty liberal in Canada. So the, the, the Canadian, well, you know, like in, in the states, I, I'm sure you have, you might have this term up there, the cafeteria Catholic. Yeah, right. Yes. Which, um, like on my mom, my mom's side of the family was notorious for, you know, picking and choosing the the stuff they went, they 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 were adamant about, mm-hmm. and other stuff they said, well, you know, this whole contraceptive thing. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, they don't really mean. I mean, it's not that big a deal, right? You know? Yes. You just, you know, you, you you take the pill or you you put your diaphragm in and say a few hail marys, you're fine. Right. Well, th- there was there was a big stink 
where it was John Paul II. You know, when we think of the whole thing about uh, Pope, Pope Pal- Palpatine going on about, uh, you know, condoms causing AIDS, you know, the, the John Paul II, early in his sort of term, he uh, he had this thing about if you're if you look at your wife with like lust in your heart, you're actually committing a kind of adultery. Like that's oh yeah yeah yeah. There's a big stink about that, and and which caused a lot of Catholics who had at, had long ago stopped with like we're just we're just on the pill. My mom got her tubes tied. You know, it's like whatever. She's head of the Women's Catholic League. She still got her tubes tied. Whatever, dude. But <laughs> you know, it's like sorry, mom. I reveal these dirty things about you, but. <laughs> Well, I, and I'm not going to go into, but uh, my father is a retired obstetrician gynecologist, and uh, yeah, yeah, uh, there was not a, a lack of Catholic patients who were not having uh, their tubes tied. Let me just say that. Yes, exactly. You know, so like, oh, you know, you're, you know, you know, yes, well, you know, and it's typical when somebody's, especially if they're having a planned uh, cesarean section to deliver a child, to say, listen, if this is the last kid you want while I'm in there. Yes. <laughs> I can just, you know, fix this situation so it won't happen again. And I, my dad would, you know, snort. Well, you'd never get, oh, no, I can't do that because the church won't. I mean, I guess some people might have said it, but, it's, you know, it's one of those things. I think it's far down in the totem pole of the, yeah. uh, of the list of things you must follow. Exactly. All right. So I, don't know, I think we probably got way off, way off topic here. But uh, anything else we want to add about the John, John Paul uh, assassination. What's your, what's your what's your take? You think you you think he was actually killed, or is just just weird? You know what? I, don't, I honestly think happened. I, I I think I don't think he was killed. I think he was in his mid sixties. He wasn't in the best of health. He was taking um, you know various medications. Um, the Cromwell bill, book writes this thing that he doesn't think he died of a heart attack, but he died of a pulmonary embolism. Blah 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 blah. But you know he was in his sixties. He wasn't in the best of health. When you're pope, there's a lot of pressure. And, uh, you know, uh, like Tim Russett, the American news reporter, who was in, allegedly in the prime of his life in his late 50s, just literally dropped over dead. Right. I think he just dropped dead. Sure, yeah, yeah. It happens, you know? I mean, you're stressed out. You're like suddenly, you know, this sort of impoverished pope and now, or impoverished priest, and boom, now you're like And, pope, and he but... wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like the current pope who was very high profile for years and years and years. Right, yes. Um, he went from relative obscurity to being, you know, the pope. <laughs> and I, I'd imagine if, I, if that happened to me, um, which would be interesting, but if that happened to me, I think I'd be a bit stressed out too. Right, yes, yes. Especially since I have a wife. So. <laughs> Well, did you did you did you watch the Borgias the mini Borgias miniseries? No, I did not. Okay, don't watch it. It's like it's not like really, yeah. It's um, it's like I, you know, men in like like priestly cassocks like having sex with prostitutes. Nothing erotic about that. Not like like men in like like Roman orgies like the uh, what, was, what was that other. The uh, uh, Rome, that yeah, movie. Rome, yeah, no, yeah. not not as not as good. So, but uh, yeah, but I mean, yeah, the um, the, uh, the what's who is the guy who's the Pope, the Borgia Pope, the actor, Alan Rickman, not Alan Rickman. Let's call him Alan Rickman. Oh, wait, it, I bet you. Wait, I, 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 this is why this is why I have my wife on on retainer. Okay, honey. Hey, Tuts. Steelers winning. 
Yes, so in the Borges miniseries that was on the, the TV, yeah. uh, who played the Pope? I didn't watch it. Oh, I thought you know these. <gasps> I know. I'm sorry. I can IMDb it real quick. That's cheating. Well, yeah, yeah, totally cheating. That's respectable researching. Um, uh, Carl says not to watch the, Labor- the Borgia miniseries. Well, what did someone called it? Something. Uh, there's someone had a really good term for it. It was like the Tudors, but with more sex. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I was just saying that the sex wasn't any good because it's just uh, like yeah, just like 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 men in priestly robes like having sex with prostitutes. So there's nothing really quite erotic about that. Well, well suit, suit yourself there, Carl. <laughs> I, I, I am speaking for. Uh... Are you are you disputing the magic of the thorn birds? <laughs> right, that was the movie with the priest with the young girl and. Everything. Oh my God! How old are you? My mom had the book. Oh, oh, the book. Oh, the book. Even. Well, but... the book, and then there's the movie that made Richard Chamberlain a yeah. star. Well, I thought that was um, that was uh, the was show, that not the... Shogun or something. That was the thorn birds. Oh, I thought he did yeah. Shogun. Which... I don't. Richard Chamberlain did every miniseries in the 80s. Yeah, I mean, definitely did the Thornbirds. I Don't challenge he me on Casanova. that. He did Casanova. And he also did uh, Alan Quartermain, the worst movie ever made. <laughs> Jer- Jeremy Irons, this is who plays. Now you should know uh, these things. I should know. I'm sorry, Jeremy Irons. Jeremy cool. Irons. Yeah, Jeremy Irons. Right. I failed you. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, good God. I'll, I'll take Reese's Peanut Butter Cup and go. <laughs> You're taking my peanut butter cup? You have another one. I do have another one. Is, it, is, that a, is that a fine Hershey's chocolate? It is a fine Hershey's chocolate. In fact, the Reese's peanut butter cup was invented about, what, eight, nine houses up the street from us? Yep. Wow. In the basement. Wow. Oh, yeah. By H.B. Reese. By H.B. Reese. He was an employee of uh, Milton Hershey, and he went off and he struck it on his own. And then, like, later on after he died, his family couldn't keep up the business, so then Hershey bought him out because they do that. But anyway. Okay. All right. But Fine I was, Hershey products, by the way. They're delicious. But I, I was going to say, though, if you, if you really want to see um, a weird Jeremy Irons work that's not uh, him playing a pope with a wife and a lover and children, <laughs> uh, see, see uh, uh, 1988 Dead Ringers, which is a, a – uh, well, you would like this, sort of a uh, – um, uh, sort of Ob. I know the name. I don't yeah, think I OB... ever saw it. Yeah, well, it's about uh, what was that? Obgyn, uh, a horror movie, a horror uh, it, woman doctor type movie. It's 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 entirely bizarre. It's about like these two Obygns. How do you pronounce that? Obgyn. Well, Obgyn or Obgyn or Obgyn. Yeah, gynecologists, right? It's about the horror movie involving gyneco- twin gynecologists, and they start inventing strange apparatuses uh, different down there. <laughs> it, it, what do you watch, Carl? What? <laughs> you have nothing better to do. In, is it that cold in Canada? But it's actually a Canadian production, even. Oh, so, no. Yeah. So, so yeah, if you really want to see one of the weirdest horror movies of all time, uh, Dead Ringers. <laughs> and and it's just it's not it's not like uh, Human Centipede like gruesome. It's just it's just more idea gruesome. You see, every time I think of Jeremy Irons, I think of him playing. Was it? Oh, is it Klaus von Bülow? Right. Yes, another Canadian type thing. 
Yeah, and uh, Sonny Von Bulow and all that. That's that's the first thing that always pops in my mind with him for some reason. I don't no care. idea. All right. All right. Well, always gonna... Hey, really quick, Carl. Can I ask you something completely off topic? Yep. Hit me. What, so, do I, so did you watch any of the SGU24? SGU24? Yes, I did see I did, uh, I did see parts of it. I saw the uh, George George Hrob uh, stuff. And um, their little set was like... I like the set. How many flat screen devices did they buy to make that set? No, was... The set was great. Yeah, I mean, but... I, huge props for the set. Um, although what they really needed was a lot more bandwidth. Uh, the, well, there were a few technical glitches, weren't there? Uh, well, I mean, technically, I mean, I, I started watching from the very get-go. And, and especially in the beginning, it, it was, technically speaking, it, it was a big hot mess. Okay. Um, but they just needed a lot more bandwidth. But, I mean, I got to give it to them. They, they stuck it up all 24 hours. Yeah, yeah. And, and although around, like, hour 20, 21, I thought Rebecca Watson was just about to, like, sack out. Um, and I don't blame her because I would have. Um, <laughs> I mean, because it's just, you know, the whole – look, God love them for doing it. And I hope they raised a lot of money and they pulled it off. Um, all that being said – uh, the idea of just going almost 24 hours straight with maybe a two hour nap, I, 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 that's, that's nuts. That is, that's, that's, yeah, that's a commitment. Yeah. But uh, I, I didn't even recognize Rebecca. I thought, I thought that was Monica Schnarr. <laughs> There's like another Canadian reference. I gotta, I, my government requires me to get in at least three. Oh, oh, by the way, and the other thing I noticed is, uh, I mean, you've, 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 you've met the novellas or at least been close to them, right? T- Tam, yeah, I've yeah, of, Tam, Tam, eight, nine, eight, eight, ten, ten eight. eight, yes, yes. Um, Bob Novella's ripped. He, yeah, Bob. Yeah, yeah. I he's, mean, he he he's like in really damn good shape. I was yeah. like, holy crap. Bob Bob Novella's actually he's like he's about five four. He's like he's a small guy, but he's yeah he's he's. So you, could you take him? Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't even think I could take Rebecca. Well, that goes without saying, but. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I well. That 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 whole. I'm not even going to go there. Um, no, but I I thought they 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 pulled it off. Um, I, I'm sure they learned a few lessons. Uh, but um, yeah, 24 hours plus they put out another show, a normal show. Oh, they yeah they had yeah they well they pre-recorded that from Dragon Con. Yeah, them. they they did. Yeah, but still they they I mean I was. That's that's yeah. oh I guess maybe they had to I guess XM would smack them down or something yeah. if they didn't. But me, I what I would do is like for the next half year I would just be releasing one hour. <laughs> but, you know that's what I I'm wondering if if they were planning on doing it if they can do that. Yeah. Um, is to like take snippets of all the interviews when um you know Joshy showed up or um um oh, who else like a bunch of other people showed up I'm blanking Josh, out right Joshy Berger. Yeah, Joshy Berger was there. Wow. He made them uh, uh, lunch. Um, but, uh, yeah, you can have little segments for the next four months, and you could just fill in around it. But at the very end, they were discussing, did you record all this? And Dr. Novella was kind of like, I think we got most of this. It's <laughs> like, ooh. Um, and I just want to say one other thing. Other than, you know, while uh, Stuart – uh, Dr. Robin, um, um, I gotta tell you, I, I will say this: his podcast is great. 
I, I, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, his I, podcast I, is really, really damn good. Yeah, what's it called? Uh, it is uh, exposing pseudo astronomy podcast. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it is really, really good. Um, it's a nice, roughly twenty-minute thing you can fit into your schedule. But he he does a really, really good job. And even though he doesn't like American chocolate, I I, I, I like the guy. You grudgingly. He's grudgingly earned your respect. He has grudgingly earned my respect. Although I will say, he shouldn't show up in Hershey because he's a marked man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, it's 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 funny and it's informative and and I love the theme music. I, no, he's got great theme music, and I also just I think he's got the pacing down, which I think is always one of the really hard things for a podcast to do, and it usually takes a while. And he kind of got it out of the gate. <laughs> And I will say that I will never, ever, ever be able to solve any one of his puzzlers ever. They're hard. But yeah. I'm t- They're very hard. I'm not that smart. <laughs> All but, right. Uh, and uh, I'm trying to think of anything. Oh, I don't know, Carl. What else is going on? Well, I was just going to say, I was going to say, uh, I don't think you've been on since I had the new question. What would be um, if, if you had to be in a sci-fi or fantasy military force based solely on the uniform uh which 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 military force would you join yeah you know i was thinking about this one uh-huh. and you know well, there's the obvious star wars imperial navy and all that exactly but um i'm gonna go slightly off kilter all right and do something i'm gonna go with a i guess it would be considered a terrorist paramilitary outfit and it's also a slight nod to another podcast I listened to because this is how the idea popped in my brain. Um, I'm going to go with the outfits that Hugo Drax made his minions wear in the uh, James Bond movie Moonraker. <gasps> Did they wear motorcycle helmets in that? Or? Well, no. Well, they had two outfits. They had these like yellow jumpsuits that they wore in the space station. Because there was a space station. Yes, yes. But also, they, so those were cool uniforms. But when they were running around on Earth when they were getting into the shuttle, mm-hmm. they all wore these, like, <gasps> white jumpsuits, except oh, yeah. the ladies' jumpsuits <gasps> right. were very low-cut. A little bit revealing, yes. And even, even as an eight-year-old boy watching my first James Bond movie in the theater, I, I, I was looking at that thinking, why, why that's, that's just fine. That zipper could go higher. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So that, that's my pick, the Hugo Drax All right, uniforms cool. in the movie Moonraker. All right. Now, usually then, now I, then I ask, uh, what do you – because I'm the podcast that doesn't want anything. I don't want money. I have no PayPal link. I, if you ever see me in real life, don't buy me a damn thing. But, uh, but if you see one of my guests but, – but you are like Mr. Stell, so people can't buy you anything. Um, I would suggest, <laughs> however – uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, and why wouldn't you? Because you've gotten about two hours of listening enjoyment out of this one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I noticed your your lovely wife didn't even tell us what the score was of the Steelers game. Uh, I so. can find out. Okay. Um, what? What's the score? Uh, well, it's, it's 10-0, but it's first and goal for the Colts. So it's 10th time right now. It's commercial break, though. I can talk. Oh. We just want to know the score. 10 0. Well, of course, by the time this comes out, this will be old news. doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, no, it's 10 How's Ben looking? He's looking good. 
I know. Do you have any idea what we're talking about? Probably not. Rossberger. Oh that... my God, Rossberger. Very good. Rossberger. Rossberger. Yeah. Okay. In, in, in Pennsylvania, we have the unfortunate distinction of having one quarterback, Ben Rossberger, who is an accused, alleged. Yeah, alleged what? Rapist. Rapist. Okay. And then on the other and side aside, of the state, we have the convicted dog killer, Michael, Michael Vick. <sighs> back for the Eagles. Man. You know, they both come to Canada and pick up work uh, doing TV commercials for Canadian companies, right? Really? Yeah, Ben, Roth, this is how I know him. Roethlisberger, he pushes uh, a, a hamburger joint called Mr. Stuffy's. And, is uh, it any good? <laughs> I'm purely making that up. Oh, <laughs> God damn. I was thinking Mr. Stuffy's. I think you have Mr. Stuffy's. I like the name of that. It's kind of like a checkers. It sounds like it. I mean, because celebrities do that all the time. I'm and like, you know what? I, I would buy Ben Roethlisberger selling a hamburger because he looks like the guy who would enjoy a good hamburger. <laughs> right. but, but I was going to suggest – Have some fun at the Yankees' expense, whatever. But I was going to suggest if you wanted to reward uh, Nigel, if you wanted to sort of go, wow, that was a great podcast. Where do I – Unload some of this bothersome money to 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 honor it. Uh, go, just go buy yourself a Hershey's chocolate bar. How about that? Sounds that sounds pretty good. Good. All right. And well, somehow I'm trying to think: is there a way you can just funnel it to me? We uh, well, is I don't know. Way we can. We have to think about that. Well, next time you're on, we'll think, we'll think about that. But, um, but one more quick question. Sure. Before the show, all right. I ran out and bought a deprivation tank and outfit. Okay. And I got in the sensory deprivation tank yeah, before the show to prepare. And then I realized that if I stayed in the tank, I wouldn't know when the show would start. Yes. Now, I know you start another one of your podcasts that way. So do you have like an alarm system set up or something? Uh, How do you know when to get out of the deprivation tank to do the, uh, do the um, Ask a Canadian show? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, oh, oh the uh, – the, um... You always start – you always come out of your sensory deprivation tank. Uh, no, my sensory deprivation mask. Oh, I got a whole tank for no reason. Yeah, yeah, you got a tank. No, no, right? Yes, yeah. Brian, Brian Thompson just sent me a strange leather mask, and uh, what he refers to as appliances, but I don't know. There are no instructions, but it's just like you know, just just you'll figure it out. You're a smart boy. Things with batteries. Yeah, I don't know. Ooh. It's very disturbing. But all right. But I was also going to say, uh, you know, if you've still got some bothersome money after you've had your Hershey's chocolate bar, you still have bothersome money. Uh, um, Monster Talk. They take donations. Uh, they're very, and they, they're very appreciative. Uh, the whole SGO twenty four thing. There's don't that you could donate to them. Uh, um, or you could also donate to. Doesn't Righteous Indignation? They take money now. Righteous Indignation. Uh, I guess. I don't, have they come out with a podcast lately? Yeah, every two weeks. Oh, oh, sorry. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking the Mormon show. Sorry. Oh, them? Well, no, you, they, 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 I, oh God, we're going on forever. I suspect that uh, Leighton and Chuck have just, they've lost interest. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Or they might I think they've done what they wanted to do. And I'm not saying they're never going to come out with another podcast and I would welcome one. Right. But I just kind of got the feeling in the last few that they were just, I don't know. Yeah, I I think Leighton might have electrocuted himself. I think <laughs> that's what really happened. <laughs> it's just they're just not telling us. It's my theory. We held them to a field goal, so it's ten three. That's good, right? Yeah, good. You, right. Sorry. How can I, Haley? My my the the woman I love, Haley, and and Marsh, not 
not my man crush, but yeah, right, yes. No, no, but you know, uh, let's face it. You, I'm you, totally you... telling her that you forgot about her. Oh, she's gonna be, she's gonna be outraged. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. You have a man crush on Marsh. You have an actual lust crush on Haley. It's not. It's not. It's just. I just. I love her. With and, all... and and nothing for Tristan. That's not nice. Tristan's very angry when he discovers what he's like. What? How come there's nothing in it for me? I like Tristan. Tristan, no, no well, I shouldn't say. I, but I, <laughs> I shouldn't I, say I like Tristan. No, I, no, no. I was gonna say is I was gonna say you know Tristan's my favorite out of the three, but that just sounds mean because I, I like the other two a great deal too. It's it's tough. But, yeah. That you know that that's my 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 secret love podcast. I love that podcast. Exactly. Yeah. Righteous edition. You could send righteous, but they they accept. British pounds, though, so I don't know how that works, but yeah, yeah, I'll get to him somehow. You'll find a way, yeah, right, yeah. So, so right. So, yeah, there's other podcasts you can donate money to, and, but uh, okay, all right. So, uh, I will let you go. All right, and I, I got to do some laundry anyway. I yes, yeah, I got I got to finish my laundry, and I got to make some pizza dough. <sighs> I, I just stank up our house for the pizza this evening. Really? Oh, I'm, the I'm, cheese I'm, rolled off the top of the pizza and landed in the bottom of the oven, and now the, the smoke, it was ugly. I'm making some deep dish pizza tomorrow for that Terra Nova premiere. Oh. Yeah. By the way, um, well, in Facebook, you always share your, I guess, your Friday Feast pictures. Mm-hmm. You, those things are awesome. Yeah, you like the Philly cheesesteak ones, don't you? You did a good job with the Philly cheesesteak one, but you also make other really good stuff too. It's it's amazing. Chili dogs, yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yes. You, I I don't know if you actually do work in your office because you put up a lot of videos from your office. But <laughs> you know, if you're ever looking for somebody like an in-house counsel from the states, you know, come down here and look my way. <laughs> you got it. All right, Carl. Well, it's been grand. Okay, good. And uh, see, uh, tune in in October. I think we're having the. We're having oh yeah, what's going on? Yeah, well, I have a whole list of things you were discussing. Yeah. Well, it 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 was. Uh, I don't. I don't. It's it's gonna be. It's gonna get the UFO people upset. Let me. Yes. It was a Benny and uh, Benny and Barney Hill. No, not Benny. Barney and yeah. Betty Hill. That's it. Ben, Betty and Barney Hill. That that my 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 friend who is like a. Editor, fact checker, he's he's a perfectionist, uh, and he is like, I I I've shouted at him all. I've known him since grade nine or ninth grade, and uh, my my line with him is like Terry. At the end of the day, you got the world's cleanest asshole, but what has it done for you? <laughs> <laughs> that is the kind of guy he is. And but he's he's applying it to the to the UFO community and uh, and he's doing he's he's doing God's work and he he's actually found some amazing documents like never before seen really for the yeah for the Betty and Barney Hill uh, case like like primary documents and and he's gonna come on and talk about that and and it oh, should wow. yeah should be really fascinating he got like a scoop. Like, we're totally going to scoop everything. Yeah, but um, <clears throat> that show's going to be longer than this one even. They're probably going to have to break it up into two parts. So, wow. That's yeah. So, so, yeah. And I'm not even going to ask for donations on that one either. I'm just going to say, so, go buy a Hershey's chocolate bar. And what else? What else? Didn't you have uh, uh, another one lined up? I remember you sent something out, and it was that, and it was something else you were bringing up. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, 
No, I don't want to talk about the other one. Yeah. Oh, oh well, okay. Well, then I'll stick. Okay. Right. Are you going to do a, a, a Christmas gala special this year? Mum's the word. Christmas, yeah, I'm going to do my Christmas gala special again, too. Correct, yes. Yeah. <laughs> No, but you know you should have no. You should have a Christmas gala special at some point. You could have uh, Stuart and um, well, I don't know. Eh, well, you know, if you want to waste your time with me and um, uh, Rich Orman, I mean, he's he's good. And just you know, we could, I, I, wear, we could all wear Santa hats on our respective ends of our Skype communications. And I'd like to get Amira back on as well. Remember, she did the thing about the. Uh, oh yeah, she was the great. Little, yeah, yeah, Amira. I'd like to get her back on. Uh, another one of my. One true loves of my of my fourteen. She's 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 another one. So yes. well, she, well, you know, see, that's why you're not married. You you, gotta, you just gotta like choose. I know. I I gotta. Yeah. I like. I I had a date tonight with a beautiful blonde woman, and I I I kicked her to the curb so I could do this podcast. I just want to. Oh God! Why? Now I feel like I, I kept you from uh, womanly companionship. Oh great! Twenty six year old, blue eyed. Blonde woman. <sighs> well, if you're willing, you know, I, because my wife is 31, um, heck, I, I know a, a, a very, very eligible 30-year-old, red-haired, super smart lady that if you would only move to Philadelphia, she could be yours for the drop of a hat because she's into, this is, this is a compliment, she's into nerds. Nerd and Canadians are like we can out nerd anybody. So there you go. You're set. You just have to pack up and move down to Philly. It's a deal. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Well, have a good night. Okay. All right. Nigel. I was about to use your real name for a moment. There. Good night, Carl. Good night, lady. Lady. Lady Whitehall. <laughs> lady Saint Whitehall. La- sorry, Lady Saint Whitehall. I know it was a bit informal. But you know what's odd? I, I use my real animal names. So, I mean, I guess they're out in the open. Checkers? No, not checkers. Ike and uh, Pip. Oh, okay. Ooh, this is narrowing down. We know you're not John Stamos and you got dogs. I got a dog and a cat. Oh. I, I love my dog and my cat. Okay. The, wait, this is my picture wait, that you're looking at right now of me has a picture of me and my cat. Oh, yeah. I forgot. We think I'm holding up a rat or something like that? Right? Oh, I don't know. All right. All right now we're just rambling. All right, Carl, have a good night. Have a good night. Okay. Goodbye. Bye, Nigel. Bye. Be happy, it must be happy.